Hello and welcome to Easy Rollers. This is Mike, your Dungeon Master speaking, and I am as always joined by Steve C as Volta, Steve B as Logan, Boehner as Lily, and Dan as Keenan. Thank you for joining us once again, and we hope you enjoy this episode, so let's get back straight to Vaybaba. Anyway, uh, so, yep, yeah, I mean, the trip goes on fairly uneventfully. Um, and you arrive over the hill, um, and the rope ladder goes down, and you're dropped off. And you see the ship disappearing off into the distance, and then away over towards the coast. Again, it's very cold. It is winter, and you're off much further north now as well. This island is much further north. Um they did outfit you with some winter gear on board the ship so that you are slightly more prepared. And of course, an airship is going to be cold anyway, isn't it, if you're roaming around on the deck? Mm. So they do have um, plenty of provisions for that. Um, oh, we can go down the valleys if you want to there, corpse. If you need a Welsh accent, we can do that, no problems. <laughs> Maybe the, uh, the cook just thought it was classy to pretend to have a French accent. Maybe. <laughs> no, I think we have to stick with that. We're sticking with that. Um, let me go back a few pages because that was earlier notes that I wrote. So, uh, you arrive back here, and yes, noticeably, you were here last in the summer months. It's a lot colder. It's raining, and it's windy. Um, you can't see too far in the distance because it's that hazy grey colour that often comes with heavy rain. Um, the golem is now to one side and this, so is the, uh, the capstone thing that it was stood on. Um, but Harriet's left like a board over the hole that was left there. <laughs> Safe. <laughs> well, it's just to stop water going in it really. Like, you know, it rains. <laughs> it's not there to protect it from anything. Um, pull the board away and peek when inside. You, when you peek inside, you can see like a rusty old ladder that goes down. Um, a shaft. Well, I guess the water still got inside if that's rusty. Well, it depends. I mean, why don't you investigate it? Give me some sort of an investigation. See if you can determine anything about this. It's a ladder. Investigation. Ooh, that 20, 22 total. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can see that um, the capstone has done its best to protect this, but it's been here a long time. It's quite old. And this doesn't, this, this shaft seems to be part of the land, and this ladder has been built uh, to attach to it. Um, so it's it's been protected, but obviously you know water goes through the earth, so it's it's got into yeah. where the metal is. Um, Does I mean, it, um, will it still support our weight from that look? To be honest, it's just a case of you're going to have to 
just give it a go. It looks usable. It just looks rusty. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you uh, did you have dark vision? I do now. Yeah, I think so. Sixty feet. I think I was given it. What's not in my proficiencies? I think you do. Yes, I have it here. Why yeah, with dark here? vision, you can sort of peer down there, and you can see the bottom. It's not that far down. You would estimate maybe about thirty feet. The ladder goes so far. The ladder goes so far, and then it seems to um, there seems to be like a piece of ground, but the ground looks uh, it's dirty. It's dirty, um, but there's like a, a further hole in that ground which goes down, which you can see, and there's a much better condition ladder there going into the second hole. Okay. Um, it's up to you. I mean, you can proceed down there, or you can investigate around up here. I see no reason to tarry. We can go and see. Yeah, we had a pretty good look around here when we were last here. So, let's go down. As, well, as you proceed down the first ladder, um, you arrive at the uh, this first floor, if you will, and you hear... I mean, the shaft itself is probably, I don't know, four feet around... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you dirty boy. <laughs> yeah, um, it's about a four foot shaft. You go down it and then you arrive on this um, ground, which sounds kind of like metallic, sounds hollow. So if you like stamp your feet on it, it's like dunk, dunk, dunk. Um, but it's dirty, so it looks like earth from, uh, from up above. And then there's this ladder going down again. Um, Anyone that, I don't think Logan has dark vision. Anyone else not have dark vision? No, I've got super duper dark vision. Yeah, cool. Uh, Logan, um, is anyone able to cast anything on him, or is he going to have to light up a torch? Cast, I could cast silence on him. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> he's, already, he's already fairly quiet. He's been fairly quiet today. <laughs> I see no reason. Not to... only... <laughs> I see no reason to look. Where I'm going. <laughs> Not only he cannot see, we cannot hear him either, so he will well, be I lost forever. A cool trick he could do, um, he likes to do it, doesn't he, sometimes. He'll draw his sword out and do that thing where he can make it turn into flames. So he's kind of like got a torch um, of sorts. It's a, bit it's a bit dangerous looking in a in a tight space, <laughs> but uh, but you drop down the secondary ladder and you find a room that Harriet had described to you. It was a strange metallic room, um, and Logan drops down and his sword, sort of illuminates things quite well inside of here. Um, you see <clears throat> at one end of this room uh, two chairs. And they're positioned at some strange-looking desks that have levers and buttons all over the place. Uh, behind that, um, and to the sides, a few more desks, more strange levers and buttons. Um, and directly behind that, and in the center of the room, the desk with the red blinking light that was described to you. With a glass panel, like a window, in the middle of the room. And this big desk with a panel on it. And there's a blinking red light flashing away on the desk. Uh, the pain... Oh, sorry. I thought you finished. Sorry. No, I was going to say, the, the pane of glass itself is about five feet across and three and a half feet tall. 
And behind that desk, so you've got two chairs at the very front with a, a desk with levers and buttons. Desks and levers and buttons going down either side. In the middle, this sort of table with the red flashing light in the glass panel. Then you guys, where this ladder's come down. And behind that is another doorway, but that doorway's shut. Uh, uh, this is very much up to you what you want to do. Does this, uh, the way this room is made, does it, does it remind us the control room of the other airship? Does it look as if it is a control room? Well, for you, it's completely unrecognizable because you weren't there. Um, for Corbs, uh, for, for Volta and for Keenan, does share similar architecture. It's metal, it's very smooth, very polished, it's rounded inside. Um, and the the con well, what you as players know to be consoles look very similar to what was in the what you know to be a, a goblin spaceship. But the lack of light and the blinking red light on this desk are, of course, a mystery to you. Can um, I investigate Lily... the red light? Yeah, you can investigate it. I was just going to say, for Lily, this is obviously very alien to you. You haven't seen anything like this before. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting to see what it is. Um, I have 16. Yeah, I mean, this red light, as you look around the panels, it looks like other buttons or switches. Um, and perhaps experimenting with other ones, you know, you know that you can press them and they either depress and stay depressed until you press it again. Or perhaps they just press in and come straight back out. Um, but they don't do anything. First of all, um, because as you said, this is the first time I see something like that. So the first thing I will do is detect magic because this is how she knows. She doesn't know about technology. Okay, she, she has seen the, the, the yeah. ship that we were now. But The only magic you detect is the magic you've brought with you. Okay. There's nothing magical about any of this. I don't suppose uh, any um, useful gnomish corpses lying about the place. <laughs> no, there are no corpses in here. Oh, that's a terrible shame. It always makes a control room look so much more lived in. <laughs> this is very strange. What, what do you think this thing is, guys? I've never seen something like that before. And it's not even magic. It's kind of reminiscent of of a ship I've seen before, but Lord knows what it's doing underground or how long it's been here. So have you have you been in something like that before? I have. It's it's where this body was made. I before I was brought back and from my warforged body. It's uh, the the goblin people sort of took me and, and transferred my consciousness. I don't know if they're necessarily of this realm. Well, how strange. I've never heard something like that before. Hmm. Logan, probably, I think, knowing Logan, why don't we just press the button? Yeah, it was... <laughs> that I mean... was the next move. <laughs> Logan, it is flashing. <laughs> fiddling with things you don't understand. Then you had to take the restraining order under your belt. 
but it's a flashing what, what red is button. The worst? What, what is the worst that can happen? It's, a flashing it's not red magic, button, so... It's a good color. Yeah, but if it's not magic, it means it's probably something that we don't understand. It's not magic. Uh, and I have... I have seen, like, I have investigated the room pretty well. I didn't see any traps, so... Are there any um, language materials on the console? Any symbols or...? Nothing at the moment. <clears throat> While it's in darkness, there is nothing. Apart from this just flashing light, there is no written word anywhere. I, I Lily is really... She really wants to press the button, so she, you, you see her going closer and you can see here that she's going to press it uh if you press it the yeah. screen kind of or this glass panel kind of illuminates slightly a very faint very faint light white light um so you get the impression it's turned on or something like that uh and it starts to display in and this would absolutely blow your minds because it's like what the fuck is this it's like it's not like Star Wars, like the holograms, like like when they got the hologram of the Death Star and they're trying to figure out how they're going to attack it. It's just, it's more it's a three D image, but on the two D screen, and you see um, a world, a planet, but then you start to notice things about it, and it's like, hang on a bit, that looks like Groenland. That looks like you know um, different islands, and you know you know of, and you start to think this might just be. It's revolving as well. It's like a picture, a map of Vaibaba. Because, mm. um, you know, you've seen globes, like, for example, in the Naval Office back at Waterhole there, you've seen globes of what the world actually looks like because people have figured out, well, we haven't... It's not a 2D planet. It's not like a, it's not like a disc world because we haven't sailed off the end of it around it. So therefore, it must be a ball of some description. Um, so they kind of figured that one out. Um... And of course, they have uh, telescopes, and they can see moons, and they know they're round. Um, so, yeah, you've seen globes before. Uh, as it rotates, you see Buckwin, and as it sort of rotates, and you see Buckwin, the island that you're currently on, it zooms in on that, uh, and then the red flashing light from the button stops, and it transfers onto the screen, and as and it sort of zooms right in, and you can sort of see, oh, that's where we are, and then it zooms out, and then you see the whole world again, but with the red flashing light on it. And then it zooms out further, and you start to see it, it sort of illuminates like stars. And you start thinking, oh, I've, these are constellations. You've seen these constellations from nighttime, just being out at night, and you look up and you see the stars. Go, oh, I recognize that. And then this red line traces from the, the, the flashing one on Buckwind on the planet, traces way off across this uh, representation of the night sky. Um. And then you hear like bing, ba ding, ding. You know, when you, like you turn on like tube lights, and it goes ding, 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 and the whole room lights up. Um, and there's these lights in the ceiling; they all come on, illuminate the room. Uh, hold on, I wrote myself a note. Uh, okay, um, what do you want to do about that? Anything or nothing? I just look the rest of the group, not knowing what to do and. So guys, what do you think? Is this what what is this magic? I have never seen that before. What is you can see all these planets. What is this? Is it a 
time travel? Is it there? You start to see on the screen there's um, what looks like the same words or language as what was on the um, thing upstairs. The uh, the pedestal, not the pedestal, the capstone and the golem. So you know from uh, what was told to you before that's some sort of like ancient dwarvish or or, uh, or or goblin language. I don't know if anyone was able to comprehend what it's saying, um, but just to put it out there, that's what's there. No, I think we lost our language expert a, a while ago. Yeah, we did. Okay, uh, well, the hatch, um, or the where it sort of was clearly a metal structure where you climb down secondly, um, the ladder retracts and goes up into the ceiling, and then like an iris sort of and closes and the hatch shuts, um, sealing you inside. Um, and all the desks now light up. Different coloured lights, different pictures on little screens here and there. Everything lights up. Um, and then language starts. Um, you start hearing a weird language, like a guttural sort of, but high-pitched squabbling sound, uh, similar to what the... The goblins sounded like when they're talking in common, but you can tell it's probably their language. Um, is there any response to that? I don't think I know this language. Um, you don't have to know it. Sorry, did you say it's it's coming from a creature or? No, no, you just hear a voice, just a voice in, in this room. Yeah. It's like, Does, um, is there any sort of corresponding new flashing lights on the instrument panel? Oh, everything's lit up now. Everything's just lighting up. Um, did you say hello, Corbs? Hello, friend, yes, hello. And it sort of stops and goes, Yes, hello. And it swaps to um, the language changes, and it sounds. I, I don't know how to even describe it. And it sounds more like um, if anyone knows Dwarvish, it sounds more like Dwarvish. I don't know Dwarvish. I do speak the five languages, but not no, Dwarvish. But as you talk more. It sort of seems to be cycling through different languages, and then eventually it settles on um, distress signal response. Language identified. Rescue vessel nearby. Autopilot engaged. Engines online. And then with that, like the whole room just starts violently shaking. Uh, we're going to need some dexterity saves if you're not going to try and sit down or brace yourselves in any way. Is there a chair nearby? There's the two chairs at the front. And I'm gonna die for a chair. Um, <laughs> what twenty? Sitting on a chair, like this seatbelt sort of thing, just goes over your lap and secures you in place. Uh, you had a twenty, a mod twenty, you think on it, Baina. Yeah, so you're just bracing, holding on to something, you know, anything. How about Keenan? Seventeen. 17, you do the same. You kind of grab for something. I'm going to have for Logan. Uh, I think he's probably going to be safe. 15. Uh, let me just get up his character sheet again. Gone. 
Oh yeah, he's on mod 20 as well. He's like, he's, he grabs hold of something to brace himself. Um, and this whole room just starts like violently shaking and then you hear rumbling and cracking and breaking. <clears throat> and it starts to become apparent as it's obviously breaking through the ground that what's in, f in front of the seats there is almost like a viewing screen. Um, and you sort of see earth starting to fall away and the rain running down over. Uh, and this whole thing is just sort of turning and shifting and it's just rumbling and roaring. And again, you'd probably be shitting yourself like, what the fuck is going on? But not too much because it's a bit like an airship at this point. You have been in the air, um, but it sort of turns and it's just sort of looking up at the sky and starts. You start getting forced back into wherever you are. You're sort of really getting pushed back as it's taking off and going up. Um and you're through the clouds and it's not raining anymore, it's just blue sky, but then it just goes up and up and up until the blue gives way to black and you see stars. Uh, <clears throat> and as you start to see stars and it just seems to keep going and going and going, you start to notice yourselves almost like starting to get weightless and float. Uh, apart from Volta, who has secured himself in the seat. Um, and the voice comes back on and it just says, FTL drive. Engaged in three, two, one, and it's just you are just fucking gone. And it's like, like Star Wars or Star Trek, you see like the stars whizzing past the screen. Uh, holy shit! What just happened? This is substantially faster than the airship. It is substantially faster than the airship. Um, yeah. You're in space. Oh, God! <laughs> um, and for people watching or listening, uh, the Astral Sea is described in D&D lore as being like a two-dimensional plane, but has pathways to different worlds or different um, planes itself. I... Yeah, it's great if you're playing a regular D&D game, but because it's homebrew, I kind of like to imagine it more. It's, so you're talking about influences. I, I'm really like Star Trek, Star Wars sort of stuff. So this is more like space as we know it. And there are planets and other things like that. So uh, it's quite nerdy and quite cool. But um, yeah, you're you're whizzing along. How, is there anything you want to do at this point? Or... I, I don't scream. know. The whole process screaming. of that, I'm just like, ah, this is what I'm doing. If um, somebody wants to calm me down, this is what I'm doing. The, the, like, the feeling of all that inertia, now you're in space, you don't actually have that sort of feeling like you're being <coughs> seat or anything like that. It's just, it feels normal now. Just like normal movement in, on a vessel of some description. But it's very much doing all the work for you. It, you know, it's an autopilot and all that sort of stuff. Uh, hello, invisible voice. Uh, where, where are you um, going to at this point in time? Hello, I am the computer. Uh, we are heading to the nearest uh, rescue vessel. <coughs> A vessel responded to my beacon in the past 30 days. I think it was about 30 days when she was there, fallied about with it. You see, uh, oh. a vessel responded to your beacon. I issued a distress beacon 
This vessel crashed onto your world many centuries ago. The owner had never returned. You are the first, well, you are one of the first to have set foot aboard. Are we going to be able to go back? You are able to return to your point of origin. For now, autopilot functions are engaged and we are heading towards the rescue vessel. <clears throat> and, and, and the rescue vessel is in communication with you? Would you like to open a channel? Would you like to attempt to hail the rescue vessel? What do you think, guys? And guys? Uh, <clears throat> I suppose. I'm going to roll a, uh, a con save just to see how I'm handling this, because I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 15, okay. All right, I'm doing all right. I mean, you can all give a con save if you want to see how you handle the uh, takeoff, because, I mean, that's going to have been pretty stressful. <laughs> I was sat down. I was quite comfortable. You were quite comfortable. <laughs> I think Logan has lost the contents of his stomach. Eight for me. An eight. I got a 14, but I was sat down. So I'm not no, Logan's right, actually. He held on to the contents of his stomach. Uh, with an eight... No, you're kind of like feeling a bit queasy and probably eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last night's soup, not last night's soup, in fact, it was a few days worth of soup. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be coming back to haunt you. It'd be something else. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you want to do? I mean, you, you can attempt to make contact with the, the unknown vessel. I don't, I don't think we have any other choice because if we don't uh, make contact with them. Do any one of you know how to uh, drive this ship back to where we came from? Logan. A command could be issued to return back to the point of origin if we really wanted to, but this is a chance to maybe learn a little about the ship, the technology. I think the gnome called it when we <laughs> spoke to her. That may act as some kind of uber weapon to uh, tip the balance in our favor when we go to Atlantis. Imagine being able to descend from the skies with the flashing mm. lights and the blaring of the engines. I think that would be quite intimidating even for a demon horde. If you say that you've been here before, did you say that you removed the statue that it was on top of it? So... If we go and to the rescue ship, they will ask us where is the owner of the ship. Do you have any idea what happened to him so we can let them know at least? Mm. Ship crashed so many years ago, the owner was long dead by the time he came along. Um, I know, it's just, it's maybe better to be prepared because we're going to a rescue ship in a probably creatures in, in, ra in a race that we don't know who they are if they mm. so maybe we don't want them to think that we uh, exactly stole the ship or yeah. killed him so it's good 
to have a story to tell them? We, we have the knowledge of the norms that we have spoken to at the other ship. Uh, indeed, Kin, your body will show the marks of the work they did with you. Mm. I, I would imagine true. that you are the living testament of our good relations with the norms in our own environment. The very fact of your existence speaks for us more loudly than any other piece of evidence could. That's true. That's true. I guess I see no no harm in approaching. Yeah, I agree to approach. I don't see any other solution here. Yeah, I don't know if we could even pilot this thing back home if we wanted to. Even if we try, we don't know how long it will take us to learn how to pilot it and where we're going to end up. Computer, if we ordered you to return to our origin, would you be able to do that? I could return you to your point of origin, however... We must first make contact with the rescue vessel. If we do not go to the rescue vessel, it will assume that something bad has happened and will come to investigate. Then maybe we should open communications with it. What do you think? Hmm? Opening communication channel to rescue vessel. <laughs> Hailing attempt one. <laughs> God, it's a 56k modem. I was thinking more like the um, the, the dial tone for Discord, but <laughs> um, eventually <clears throat> you hear a voice. You'll never know the pain of dial-up broadband. I know the pain of dial-up dial broadband. Internet. I remember that. Um, you know. Anyway, you hear a voice come over. Uh, Hello, this is the this is the vessel craft. I believe uh, we're talking to the Star Runner. Is that correct? We, we weren't expecting to hear anything from you. Hello. Hello. We have um, recovered the Star Runner from its place and seek to return it to you to learn more of your ways. Okay, uh, it's been gone for a long time. A few generations ago it disappeared and it's just been considered missing for a long, long time. Centuries, in fact. So the fact that you've recovered it, I mean, this is great for us. This is great for us to see how things were done in the past. But with whom am I speaking? Please, I am the I am the captain of our ship. Who are you? We are the discoverers of your star runner. Uh, Walter is my name. I am delighted to speak with you. Um, doubtless, at some point, your ship will bring us to where we can meet and speak in person. Yes, I, I my name is Captain Keswick. Um. And, uh, yeah, what, you, we estimate you're gonna come up to our, you, you're on your way, it shouldn't take you too long to get here. Not the speed you're going. Is it fast? 
Oh, yeah, it's real fast. It's, uh, you're using what's called a faster-than-light drive, which means you're really gunning it. Well, good, good. That, that is good. It is always nice to travel at speed. Um, what we haven't really established is, I. Uh, what are your intentions here? We, we're kind of like explorers. We're hoping that uh, you're friendly. Yes, we are always friendly, very affable. We have many stories to share with you. Maybe we could get to know everybody. No, you could learn about our world. You could tell us a little bit about yours. It'd be very nice. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm guessing you're not part of the Empire, then. You don't sound like you're very well-traveled. Very well-traveled in, in the broader terms, but, you know, within our own region, we travel quite a bit. Okay, well, uh, we look forward to meeting with you. Uh, we'll see you soon. Very well, thank you for your time. Uh, you're welcome, thank you. And then the communication goes down. It just goes poop. <clears throat> We're in a bit over our heads here. <laughs> yes. I, I think I need to sit down. I sit down in one of the chairs. Yeah. It's um... really amazing what's happening right now. We are going, we are literally out like on the sky. I didn't even know that this is possible. You hear if you ha are you gonna have any more conversation or do you want to are you finished with that? I don't know what more there is to say. We're whizzing along on the crest of the invisible waves and Logan hasn't blown us up yet, so everything <laughs> Cloud well, has a silver lining. It's very nice that he hasn't touched anything yet. As you finish your conversations, um the computer says FTL drive disengage in three, two, one, and everything just goes, and it seems to come right down to almost like a stop. And just out in front of you is this great big ship. Um, I suppose uh, it, it looks somewhat similar to um, a Klingon bird of prey. I suppose would be the best way of describing it. Um, no, I don't have an image for it just yet. Um, <laughs> but I think. That's probably a good place to leave it. That's a reassuring place to leave the uh, episode, isn't it? Hmm. Kaplag! This time, many moons <clears throat> die. Sat right next to a great big unknown alien ship in space. Fine, it's fine, it's fine. Oh We've got God. Logan to do the diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I, I've had this prepared for such a long time and I really didn't think you were ever going to do it. Because you sort of like investigated the, the bit with the golem and it was like, oh, well, we don't know what that is and then just bugger off and I was like, oh, they're never going back there again. <laughs> I must admit, I didn't think that um, going to uh, recover a bit of artifacting tech might lead us to a, a journey quite so far away. <laughs> galaxy far, far away. No, it's actually in your galaxy, so it's not that so by the time we get back, is <laughs> everything's sorted. Everything's sorted. 
Grift has died of old age and his sword has rusted away in his hand. <laughs> we can no, actually I don't recruit think, um, them. I'm not, I'm not doing time violations. Let's just do... That's okay, talk among yourselves. Oh, I was a little bit worried about time dilations, what with it being faster than light. I thought, well, you know, it's going to be a bit dodgy. It's going to be a bit dodgy. Yeah. going to come back it, and meet, us, meet ourselves as our own ants or something. Yeah. It will be really interesting to see how it will be. But we can always get a, get it as an advantage to us if if they are able to help us. And maybe we can recruit an army from them and go back to where we left it. And then we have more allies. Um, well, maybe I mean, just to address the time thing. Um, I don't. I, I do impose time uh, dilations and stuff with planar travel, but I'm not calling the astral sea planar travel. It's still very much on the material plane. It's just the space between planets or you know planes, whatever you want to call it. But. Um, for example, you know, I've, I've sort of always described the planes in this as being above and below. So, like the hell planes are below the material plane, you know, in terms of its reality, and you know, the the godly planes are higher up and all that sort of stuff. So it's rather than being like a a disc or everything sort of around it, which I think is how they sort of describe it officially. It's more like an onion, <laughs> layers of an onion. I've just said I've just said to Mr. Brandt he can sign I can do the sign off when he gives us the nod ready to end the stream because we don't just gonna we don't really want to just sign off and leave the stream running. Oh, um, no, that wouldn't be a good idea. That wouldn't be a good idea, no. Uh, but hopefully you've all enjoyed that little session. It's um it's got us away from Castleview finally because we were there for an awfully long time. <laughs> well, uh, to be fair. It was just the replay of the session several times that made it feel like a very long time. Yeah. In actual elapsed game time, it was next to nothing. We were in and out like super speedy. Just because we had to replay it a couple of times, then recap it. Oh, I know. But hopefully like this ground, is... Uh, Groundhog Day. It was a good Groundhog Day. Hopefully this is sort of, you know, made things a bit more interesting. And hopefully next sure. time, now we've done a lot of RP, we can actually roll some dice. Some well, dice. Very nice. Hopefully not too much if we're going to be boarding a gigantic warship in the middle of space. Uh, that, that might be a bad thing to, to go kicking off fights just as a note. Oh, no, I, I never said it was a warship. Klingon Bird of Prey, I think, was the... Uh, yeah, it looks like a Bird of Prey. Yeah, it looks like a Bird of Prey. doesn't mean it is a warship. <laughs> You didn't. You didn't say a Klingon fluffy chicken chip or anything like that, did you? No, no, it's Klingon bird of prey. It's got. Fl you can see fluffy dice hanging in the window. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> How's that make you feel? Kevin and Sharon on the windscreen. Yeah, Kevin. In in lovely transfers. <laughs> Bit of vinyl. Great big, uh, great big exhaust on the back. Kevin Shazza. <laughs> Just tin cans behind it. It's just married. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I'm going to be really annoyed if Steve turns around and says, I didn't record this one. <laughs>
There we go. Um, oh, just like the Enterprise, a research vessel with photon torpedo. Again, I never said it was a research vessel. I never said it had photon torpedo. <laughs> These could be like the most passive ships ever conceived, but we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Somehow I doubt it. <laughs> oh, you'll have to wait and see. You're just going to have to wait and see. The way you're smiling, it's very worrying <laughs> to us. <laughs> Hang on, let me see. This could be Steve. No, it's it is Steve, but not the Steve we want. Ooh. It is me giving him yet another prod. <laughs> to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd fallen asleep. Yeah, probably. Because uh, he is very poorly. Yeah. Do I have you? Do I have you with the mod? Do you not have the op- option to end the it's... stream? It's buffering for me. Oh, he's 